Hello, this is Bixby. Welcome to the Bixby Developers Chat Podcast. Here is your host, Roger Kibbe. Hello, Bixby Developer Chat listeners. Today, I have the honor of talking with Ryan Jordan. Ryan was the grand prize winner of the 2019 Bixby Dev Jam with his capsule, Tempest Rising. Ryan not only builds amazing voice experiences, he is a successful author of several science fiction books. In short, I would call him a renaissance man. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for being here. Please introduce yourself. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm Ryan Jordan, and I'm a software developer and a voice developer and then also an author. And I'm also a new dad, so uh, I have a four-month-old at home, so that's been a lot of fun. Congratulations on being a new father. I uh, have two teen daughters, and I call it one of life's most amazing journeys, one of life's biggest challenges and biggest rewards. Are you, are you getting any sleep? <laughs> Not even a little bit, but it's been a lot of fun. Like, basically, it's, she's at that point now as a, a four-month-old where it's like a new baby every single week. That's awesome. Yeah, they grow up so fast. My gosh. You know, I say you blink twice and they'll, uh, they grow a couple inches and develop a new personality. Uh, let's talk about Tempest Rising, your capsule. What does it do and what was the inspiration for it? Okay, so Tempest Rising is a game where you basically make skill checks um, with yes or no responses that dictate how the game progresses. It's competitive, so actually the point is you want to try and choose when not to do something as often as you want to actually try to do something so that you can continue in the game and get the high score. Got it. I have played it several times myself and had a lot of fun. So how long have you been developing for voice, Ryan? Um, And what else have you developed for Bixby beyond Tempest Rising? So I uh, started developing for voice probably about three years ago with really, really terrible, terrible skills um, when I just started with Alexa skills. So uh, recently with the Bixby launch, I actually started developing over here and I've made, I think, like 13 or 14 capsules so far. And I've actually been having a lot of fun with it because they're entirely different. It's a whole new system and it's actually really cool how you can kind of like meld the voice and the, uh, the actual like display. Got it. Yeah, no, you are um, definitely not only one of our most successful voice developers, but also definitely one of our more prolific voice developers and really enjoyed the experiences that you've built. Um, do you want to describe any of the other capsules that you, that you built that you're particularly proud of or you'd like to highlight? Well, so going in with the prolific idea, one of the things that I actually enjoy doing is prototyping things and trying new things out. So, uh, so I built like a translator just kind of like to see if I would be able to. And I had a lot of fun doing it because I was using um, Google Translate, Amazon Translate, and Microsoft Translate simultaneously to try and basically cover as many languages and as many experiences as possible. So I, I enjoy doing things like that because they kind of challenge me to actually try and build complex but relatively sane systems. Um, most recently I built a skill that's called word scrambler where it's, I was trying to figure out how to make a, like a fun to play word game where you try to guess as many words as possible from like a list of letters. And then that's again, one where you go for the high score by trying to find as many words as possible. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the recent ones, but then I'm constantly prototyping and trying out new things. 
That's awesome. And those are some really good uh, capsules. I really like the translation one. I think it'd be very helpful when you're traveling to have those kind of phrases and have it kind of enabled right there with Bixby. Hi, Bixby. How do I say hello? How are you in Spanish, et cetera, et cetera. So those are, those are really good. So that's an example of something practical. And then you also build some compelling games. Um, and how did you get started developing for Bixby? Uh, well, so with Bixby, it was a completely different system. And I really actually hadn't even heard anything about it. My wife was always like an avid Apple phone user. And then I convinced her not to use Apple phones finally. <laughs> and we ended up getting her a Samsung. And then from there, I kind of heard about it and was like invited to like uh, join the Bixby Premier Developer Program uh, since I was already a skill developer for Alexa. So I got started with it. And like I said, I pretty much fell in love with it. I really haven't done hardly anything with uh, the Alexa in a long time. And basically, I focused on trying to build new things for Bixby because the the interface and the design like behind how you put things together is just so like friendly to developers. Well, thanks. We definitely like to, uh, to hear that. Um, anything else you want to share about your kind of experience with Bixby and being from, so it started like you sounded, started out with Alexa development and now you're uh, doing more Bixby than Alexa development. You want to share anything with the listeners about uh, your experience with Bixby? Um, well, when I first started out with it, it was, very different, very kind of like much more rudimentary than like um, the complex interface model. So it took me some getting used to how to actually like design the interactions. Um, but I stuck with it and I would definitely recommend anybody who wants to to really stick with it because it's incredibly powerful how much you can do. I, I mean, it's the biggest reason I really fell in love with it was I could do in an hour what would take me a month to do with the Alexa development. And it's just getting through that initial kind of like hurdle of kind of like understanding that I didn't need to do all that extra work to get something really working that was really cool. And that's why, like I said, that's why I have a lot of fun just prototyping things because I can just find an API I want to try out, build something up, and in a couple hours have it working and testable that I can play around with it. Well, that's clearly music to our ears, Ryan. But, uh, you know, I, I sympathize with the kind of the learning challenge initially, I know when I first uh, tried to work with Bixby, you know, that really declarative programming model where you model first and code later was really quite different than anything I'd ever done. So there's a little bit of hump to get over, but yeah, I'd agree with you. Once you get over that hump, it could be really productive and fast to go build and try some things and see what works and see what doesn't work. So the Bixby platform is definitely moving fast right now, not only features and functionality, but we're coming to, to TVs, watches, and smart fridges. You can develop for those today. I'm wondering, as you look at the future and what you've read about what is coming to the platform, what gets you excited about what's coming to Bixby? I would have to say my favorite idea is the watches right now because I actually, um, so a long time ago, I was playing around with the Fitbit watch system to like build like a watch screen for it because um, my wife found a watch cover she fell in love with that was like $10 a month. And it was insane how much they wanted to charge for it. And I was like, I could build the same thing. No problem. So I built it and she's the only person who's ever used it. So I had a lot of fun doing that because it was kind of fun to design for the space and for thinking about how people would interact with it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's actually the one I'm most looking forward to, but I do have to say the idea of playing like, 
choose your own adventure games on a fridge is pretty appealing too. Yeah, you know, I think the watch is really interesting when you kind of, I like to talk about it as kind of the post smart speaker era in voice, as we bring voice to different devices, what kind of new experiences can you do, right? With a watch, because the, you know, the screen's so small, voice is like the ideal interface there, but you still have that UI in that screen. It's something you wear all the time. So what can you build differently? Um, and I also like to think the, the fridge is really interesting. You know, that's a cool idea. Sitting in the, you know, everybody, I don't know about your house, but my house, everybody hangs out in the kitchen. And so uh, having a game you could play right there in the fridge uh, might be really amazing. Or, you know, I know we've gotten a lot of excitement about people talking about um, uh, recipes and being like almost a cooking assistant on the refrigerator. So what advice, so you've been developing for Big Speed now for quite a while and 13 or 14 capsules makes you an old pro at our, our system. What advice, if any, would you have for uh, aspiring Big Speed developers? My best point of advice would probably be just to like stick with it. I mean, I've made so many mistakes developing Bixby, Alexa, everything, and everything is just a stepping block. You know, like you're basically constantly moving toward a better, like better capsule, better application, better anything. And if you get just too frustrated with something or you like aren't able to continue working on something, then it becomes a real challenge. But as long as you accept the fact that you're going to screw things up. I mean, I've messed so many things up that ended up in my, you know, production environment where it becomes a bad user experience and I get really frustrated and really down on it. But then I'm like, you know what, I can just fix it and I can just keep moving forward and trying new things. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the, the curse and the blessing of software is we can move fast and get something out quickly, but then it will break. But then the blessing is then I can go fix it really quickly. So that kind of encourages that experimentation. I'll tell you, Ryan, if I had a dime for everything that I've broken in my life, um, I'd be long retired by now. So I totally, I completely sympathize with that. So we, we talked about how you got de started developing for Bixby. I'm just wondering about in a broader voice. Um, you said you started developing for Alexa initially. What got you interested in developing for voice? Well, with voice, really, I think I just saw it as like a, an opportunity to try to like do something new in a market that wasn't really that saturated yet. In terms of, so as an author, there are 80 million other authors out there. There's thousands and thousands of books released every single day. And it's really hard to like get your head above water because there's so much, there's so much infrastructure behind making a book popular, getting it on the bestsellers list and everything like that, that as like an indie author, there's almost no way of even doing anything in that field. With voice, I kind of saw it as a way where I could still kind of like have that creative inclination to make a game, make something where it's like an interactive experience, but without it necessarily being somewhere where I felt like I was just drowning under the weight of a thousand books released at the exact same time as mine. It was a new way of being able to release creative content. Got it. Well, speaking of being an author, you know, I, I, I like to say that uh, content is king and voice. And so I'm sure that uh, being an author has helped you with build some voice experiences. But tell me about being an author. I know you write under the pen name Lincoln Cole. Tell me about some of the books you've written. So I've actually written everything between um, science fiction, like space operas, like more techno thrillers as well as horror stories. 
so horror is pretty much the genre that I generally keep coming back to. It's where I started with my Raven's Peak series, and it's by far my most popular series. But any, like, more recently, especially I think because I've worked a lot more in development, I've actually done a lot of, like, techno thrillers. So uh, my two most recent books were called UAV, about, like, drone technology being used in very unfriendly ways, as well as a book called CRISPR, about genetic engineering and how that can go terribly wrong. So I'm going to tell you, I bought Raven's Peak this weekend for my Kindle, but I got a true confession. I would have liked to tell you that I've started reading it, but I'm in the middle of reading two other books, but it's on my uh, queue to read. I'm really excited to read uh, Raven's Peak and, and experience some of your fiction. You know, I'm, I, as I said, I'm a big believer that with voice, content is king. And I'm wondering how your experience with an author helped you build voice experiences. It definitely helps because I think one of the advantages I have as an author is I'm used to thinking about things in, in the form of dialogue. Like I, you know, I imagine characters talking to each other and I imagine scenes and I can kind of translate that skill into being able to think my way through a user interaction. Like, what would a user say to start a conversation? Then how would a response come? And then what would the user want to try to do or want to try to say after that to continue the conversation? I think that that's something that actually helps me quite a bit. That makes a ton of sense. I think one of the big challenges that people have of voice is getting dialogue right and thinking about that. And I can imagine uh, that experience as an author is a big head start on, on getting that right. How have you thought of marrying together the two? So you have these successful books, you have some successful Alexa skills and Bixby capsules. Have you thought of how you might marry the two together and have you know the books support the capsules or capsules support the books? What, what's your thinking around that? I've, I've definitely actually been working like pretty regularly toward that goal. It's kind of like one of my loftier ambitions of I don't want to do it until I can do it right. But it does influence it. Like, for instance, I have a uh, a capsule that I'm working on as kind of like an extension of Tempest Rising that's a choose-your-own-adventure horror story set in space that's set in the world of one of my other novel series. So it'll share characters and share stories and stuff like that. And the experience will kind of like bleed over where you'll learn things about the world inside the capsule and then vice versa, the books will influence things that can happen in that story. Um, and then I, I have like short stories that I write from the worlds and things like that. Um, I've actually been planning also about writing one that would tie into my Raven's Peak series. That would be a kind of choose your own adventure where you get, would get to become one of the demon hunters, like a new, a newly trained demon hunter in that, in the world. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm super bullish on kind of combining what I'll call, uh, we'll call it with quotes, old medium, <laughs> like books and video with a new medium of voice and in seeing how creatively they can be combined to do together and support each other. Now, do you see the, um, do you see your books? People read the book and then go to the, to the capsule or skill, or do you see the capsule or skill they experience and then they go read the book kind of uh, where, where's the, who's the tail and who's the dog, so to speak. I'm still kind of yet to figure that out. Um, it's, it's been a, 
a rough go of it because I feel like in a lot of cases, the people who enjoy the books probably aren't ready to jump on the bandwagon of trying voice experiences as much, especially for games. And then, you know, vice versa, I don't necessarily have a good funnel as you would call it to try to get people from the you know capsules and skills back into the books i do have like one central like website where i try to like navigate people to but something i kind of learned early on was make sure people have the choice of signing up for one or the other because there is a select niche of the audience that loves both but in general people are going to be relatively separate when it comes to like their desires but I, I mean i i feel like that's changing though i think as people are getting more devices and getting more experience with the actual voice experiences and what they can offer you for content across mediums i think that that's going to be something where people will have more expectations of well i want this to go from one to the other and things like that i always loved stuff like that when i was you know growing up where i would find something that had a movie and then it would have a cartoon and then it would have a video game and all of them shared the same world shared the same experiences and that was just something i loved and that's why i really wanted to try to do this even before there's really a market for it but the the first part is because there's not a market for it i end up building a ton of like my own custom infrastructure to essentially build my own way of actually offering this Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Like when I look at voice and I think about other mediums, so I think Hollywood has done a pretty decent job with movies and releasing kind of voice experiences there. But I look at, you know, authors and books and big publishing houses, and I think there's huge opportunity or small independent publishers, huge opportunity to marry the two, right? And I don't know exactly, you know, it sounds like you're trying to figure that out. And there, I don't know how that's all going to work out. And there's probably experiments to try. But uh, wow, I'd, I'd love to see what you come up with there. Because I think there could be some really, really interesting ways to marry those two mediums. And as you said, it's not new, right? A movie and a comic book and that, that's kind of been going on for a long time. How do we marry this new medium of voice together into that and, and, and make it part of a whole ecosystem of entertainment, I guess is the way I, I'd, I'd say it. Speaking of just voice in general, where do you see the voice industry going, you know, in the next year, in the next five years? Where, where do you see it going? Where would you like to see it go? I think the, the biggest trend I've kind of noticed, I think, is in a lot of cases, larger companies are taking voice a lot more serious than they were before. When I first started out, there were, you know, not a lot of skills out there. People were kind of like poo-pooing the whole concept, like, oh, it's not going to really stay around or anything like that. And now it seems like all these companies are really getting interested in how do we have our own, how are we represented in this new platform? So in general, I feel like that trend is going to continue forward where there's going to be a lot more demand for this. And the other thing is user confidence in voice is definitely going up to where I think people before, and I mean like me as a developer, I think it's even more so, but like you could go to Google and you could type in something and find results way faster than you could for voice. But now that's really changing. Now after asking a really simple question can usually get you just as good of results, just as fast. 
And I think that that's going to be another trend that's going to continue forward, which leads into the security concerns where people are going to start worrying a lot more about their privacy, their security, how is their information being used. It's, I think it's just going through kind of like that technological life cycle where as people get more used to using it, they become more reliant on it, they become more concerned about it, and then it cycles back into they become, you know, they use it more. Well, that's so well put because I think, uh, you know, it's indicative of a technology becoming more mass market when there's greater concerns. And those are completely valid concerns, but they're also indicative of kind of a mass, you know, the populace as a general accepting voice and using it and then asking some tough questions that definitely should be asked. And, And we as the industry definitely need to have answers and frankly in some cases better answers than we've we've currently had but getting back to 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 you ryan for 2020 so welcome to 2020 in the new decade um what are your plans what are you gonna what are your plans over the next year or so building voice wise are you working on any new books what what, what what's your next uh big challenge if I'm being totally honest, my biggest challenge is trying to figure out how I can actually be productive. Um, I mean, with a new baby, with Riley here, I pretty much spend all of my time with her. I haven't accomplished much of anything in the last several weeks in terms of voice development or books. I have probably three books I'm trying to work on to actually make some progress. And then I have several uh, skills, capsules, everything else I've been working on. I think right now my largest my largest goal for the beginning of the new year is I've been rebuilding my infrastructure to make it more friendly to work with both um, Alexa and Bixby simultaneously for my own backend and to build my story-based skills because I love building the translators. I love building the like air quality things, the weather skills, the recipe things, all of those. I love building them, but what I really love the most are building like the games where you get to choose your own adventure. So I recently started rebuilding my entire infrastructure to make games more complex, have more depth and be able to build them and write them faster because I want to get as much content out out there as I can now and not just like numbers of, you know, skills, capsules and stuff like that. So my biggest goal was going to be finishing that and then getting myself into a position where I can actually start releasing content for all of the capsules that I have and then making more of them. So Ryan, uh, any new parent would sympathize <laughs> with your challenges of how the heck am I getting anything done and things and your, your, your energy is, is I'd say placed in the right place uh, with your new baby and, and that. So I, I completely remember those days and I sympathize and understand. Yeah. You know, what I really love about what you're talking about is and it goes back to that thing around content is king, is you're obviously a skilled technologist, but what, it, what the message I heard from you is, hey, I'm trying to build up the technology infrastructure so that then I can let my creative content be really easier to share and build new experiences with that, which I think is really, that, that's the right way to think of it. Build the technology in support of the creativity. I think sometimes people go in the, you know, kind of the opposite direction and spend a lot of time on the tech and not enough time in the creative side. And certainly in voice, I, you know, I'm a broken record player when I say content uh, is king. But speaking about Bixby, 
So you have built many different Bixby capsules. I'm curious what other Bixby capsules you've used and you've uh, enjoyed. The ones I seek out the most are, uh, for instance, there's one called Farm Tycoon that I love playing other games that are similar to games I've created because I kind of want to see what other people are doing in that same space, like that same idea, you know, because when I think about games and when I design games, I typically will kind of sit down on my own and think my way through how I want the experience to be and then design it from there. And then usually I'll like see, okay, what mistakes did I make? What, what did I miss that somebody else probably didn't miss? And so I usually look for capsules that, you know, might give me an idea of, oh, wait, I totally didn't even think about this that users would want to do. And I mean, and like I said, I see some really great, you know, capsules in that space where people are really playing with it. There was another one that was really, really cool called Color Picker. And I was just playing with it. And I'm like, it's really simple. And it's a lot of fun to try to play around with because you can kind of see like, what can I make? What colors can I do? And I actually, um, during the last couple of weeks of the contest, I was working on a capsule to essentially do kind of the same idea, except using commands to write music and the idea was to use both a little bit of artificial intelligence and then a little bit of like like user input commands and generate mp3 files to be able to like play music and have people kind of do the same idea where they generate them on the fly and i really quickly like got myself into the rabbit hole of trying to figure out if that was even possible and then was like there's no way i'm going to have that done within a couple weeks so i bailed on that but it was nice to see that somebody else hadn't really bailed on the idea and was able to make something that was pretty cool out of that you know kind of idea of you can get an input and make slight modifications to something to make it more interesting you know like to keep trying something else yeah absolutely yeah um I can see why you like things like Farm Tycoon because it's, you know, similar genre, very different game, but similar idea to yours. And that was, that was a, actually a runner up in the Dev Jam. Uh, but yeah, you're, it's Color Picker. I love that, that capsule because it was so simple, but such an interesting, I mean, literally you're changing the color of something with your voice, but it pointed to a different way of interacting with our tech, right? Or, you know, I can be creative, I can change colors, but I'm used to doing that with a mouse and keyboard. What can I do with a voice? I love your idea of music, right? If I talk to it, do I express my creativity in a different way or do I create something different than I might if I had my hands on the keyboard, my hands on the mouse, or is it a different rate of, of creativity? Or what, how, how is that kind of augment or change what, what you could come out of from a creative perspective. That, that's super fascinating. So Ryan, uh, if listeners want to keep in contact with you, what's the best way to do so? Um, well, I have a website. Uh, it's llitd.com. And that's definitely the easiest way to like either follow me on social media to join one of my mailing lists. I have separate ones for books and for the skills and capsules. Or if they just want to contact me, I have like a contact link directly if they want to ask any questions. Because I, I love, that's one thing I could definitely say is I love talking about stuff like this. And like 
my wife hates hearing about stuff like this. So if anybody has questions about anything related to like how my capsules work, things like that, the infrastructure, stuff like that, I would definitely love to hear from you because like I said, I love talking about it and I don't have a lot of outlet to be able to. So, Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. And we'll definitely put those, uh, the links to your, to your website on, on the show notes so people can go enjoy and see what else you built voice wise. And, also, I think you have all of your books up there uh, so they can go and enjoy, enjoy the fiction they've written. So look, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest. This is the very first podcast that we've done, the very first Big Speed Developers Chat podcast. And you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much, Ryan. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.